look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with Dave today on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. Um, you know, we often, when Faze and I do this show, talk a lot about the effects of um, social isolationism or not, you know, not having a strong social network or people to go to or a companion as we get older. And, <clears throat> excuse me, there's been some research done uh, and talking about volunteering. So tying those two things together, those aren't new concepts, but couple of new studies actually around volunteering, which we, which we thought were very interesting, looking at, um, you know, both people that are widowed and how that helps and also looking at the health effect or the health benefit of what, um, what volunteering may in fact do as, uh, as we get older. So since we're not, or I'm not the expert on this, we have got an expert, Don Carr. She's an assistant professor in the Department of Sociology and faculty associate at the Pepper Institute on Aging and also uh, public policy at Florida State University. Don, welcome to the show. Hi, great to be here. Well, we're happy to have you here um, because we, we do talk a lot about these these things, uh, you know, as we age, perhaps you, you, you lose a spouse, there's, you know, um, the issues around dementia and people, you know, sort of closing themselves in. So social isolationism is a big issue. We also talk a lot about uh, the engagement model as people age, move into retirement, right? We leave the workforce, we've got this big gap to fill, and, um, you know, we need that sort of positive stress to get up in the morning and, and have something to do and contribute. And so we were interested when we, when we heard about your, your study, actually multiple studies, about, uh, about volunteering, and so we thought we'd bring you on, and perhaps you could start by just giving us a little bit of background about what caught your interest. Why do these studies? What were you looking for? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I started um, uh, learning about aging as a doctoral student and sort of throughout graduate school and subsequently, I became interested in volunteering because I was interested in the things that we could do to help older people stay healthy as long as possible. Um, There's a lot of people who study aging who look at sort of the kind of what happens after we get sick. Um, and, and those are really important studies. But um, more recently, we've been interested in what can we do to delay the negative um, uh, consequences of, of getting older, uh, like onset of health problems and some of the things that you're talking about. And certainly the period after retirement is a really critical time for people to develop healthy lifestyle habits that can help them stay engaged in meaningful ways um, that you know, enhanced quality of life. So volunteering caught my interest in particular because um, it's been this really remarkable and surprising thing. Um, people who study aging and try to figure out what is kind of like the secret sauce to yeah. help, help people stay healthy as long as possible. They look at all these different things, exercise, uh, kind of using your brain for as long as possible, all these different um, things that probably everybody knows that they're supposed to be doing. But volunteering has kind of popped up as one of these things that's been surprisingly potent. In fact, 
um, the benefits that we've observed with physical health are on par with the kind of benefits that you get from other lifestyle behaviors in terms of your your health, uh, like not smoking and and um, engaging in regular physical activity. Um, so that's one of the things that caught my attention was, wow, why is it that volunteering is so incredibly valuable to our health? Um, but in addition to that, I, I became interested in sort of the, the other aspects of it. And I sort of suspect, and I, I think many of us who study this stuff, um, we've kind of come to the conclusion that, that part of the reason it's so beneficial is because it's meaningful and it helps us feel like we're engaging in something besides ourselves. Right. And this seems to be really critical. Um, so when you're talking about loneliness, th- this is a really big problem that um, a lot of people face, especially during critical transitions in later life. So when we're leaving the workforce and we have a change in our social activity and our everyday schedule, uh, but, but also um, in the work that we've recently done looking at widowhood, um, we've discovered, you know, this is obviously a really difficult time for lots of people. Um, and I have a neighbor, for instance, who lives down the street. Um, so we've been talking as she's been navigating these first three months of her widowhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really difficult time. Um, and it turns out volunteering um, in, in the vicinity of two to four hours a week, as most research sort of suggests, um, produces this really potent benefit. And in our study, we found that that actually offset the, the kind of loneliness that comes with, with uh, widowhood, um, just so that, that people who are widowed, you know, sort of um, were able to adjust quite rapidly back to the way they were before they, they lost their spouse. Don, I, w- I was actually interested in, in the two to four hours uh, a week. I mean, if you think about the engagement model when we're working, it's sort of 35 to 50 hours, depending on what you do. And it, just, a, just a little amount of time. Like when I saw those numbers, I thought two to four hours. I mean, it's such a small amount of time in a week, but it's having such a, um, you know, a massive benefit to people. What would explain that? And, and is, there a, is there a, you said the magic sauce, is there a magic number? Is it, is it if you go over, you know, 20 yeah. hours, it now feels like work? Or what, what was the magic number there? Yeah, so this is a really important question. I think that a lot of people who study sort of health and aging, they're trying to understand as best as they can. And and we don't, I would say that really we don't know for certain. Um, like we couldn't go comfortably handing out like a prescription for two hours a week of volunteering and feel confident that we're giving people the very yep. best bang for your buck. Um, but that's related to kind of the literature, the, excuse me, the data we have available. Um, there have been studies with more intensive volunteering. Um, they're very few in number. And, you know, frankly, not a lot of people are comfortable going from working full time to basically working for free mm-hmm. at halftime, for instance. That's yeah. that's a hard thing to get people to do. And I think the reason we've seen these sort of numbers around two to four hours, depending on the research that you look at and depending on the health outcome, your, your sort of, you know, cognitive performance or physical health or um, sort of emotional health, uh, they all kind of center in this two to four hours a week. And probably that's because it's a regular commitment. Mm-hmm. You're engaging in something meaningful. You're engaging with a social group and, and these kinds of things can spill out. So you might engage in this activity, but then maybe you're finished volunteering and you go get a cup of coffee and you, you um, are able to kind of modify your life schedule a bit in a healthier way. 
it might also be that that's just enough to, yeah. you know, really boost people into some really um, good activities that keep them focused on their own health. Like I'm going to I want to make sure that I'm healthy enough so that I can continue to engage in this task. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I was, I'm interested to know what you observed, if any, differences between men and women. Yeah, so it, it turns out um, in, a, in a study we recently did, we found with physical health that um, men benefit if they engage in at least two hours a week, but we don't see a si- significant improvement in their health if they volunteer less than that. But it seems that women improve um, in terms of or, or kind of maintain their health better, their functional health better, if they engage in any amount of volunteering. And we sort of suspect part of this is women, older women, tend to carry more social roles Mm -hmm. than other activities. So it might be that they're a little bit maxed out. You know, they're already doing a lot. And this addition of volunteering is maybe not um, uh, adding lots of time to their schedule, but it's adding a meaningful role that gives them that that sense of purpose that I was kind of talking about that might be enough to really give them um, a boost in health. But the, the boost isn't quite as large as men get when they engage two hours a week or more. So um, it's possible that men who we know older men, they're just, they're a little more socially isolated than women are. They don't maintain those social relationships um, in the same way, at least currently older men. And this is something that might might provide a really important pathway for, for men especially. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Now, if, if you take the two studies you've done recently, maybe just in a, in a minute or less in a, in a summary, what was, sure. what was the one or two points that perhaps you found most surprising or most interesting? Yeah, with the first study, we're looking at people who become widowed, and we're comparing them to people who stay continuously married and don't become widowed. And with that study, um, what we were interested in seeing is that could, could engaging in volunteering um, help manage that, the, the emotional consequences that come with losing someone that you love. Your, your spouse is somebody who's so important to your everyday living. And a lot of people are providing pretty intensive caregiving, you know, in the period leading up to the loss of their spouse. So there's a lot of stuff going on that, that you know, really sets people up for a, a struggle after they lose that person and, and really in the period leading up as well. Um, what we found was that volunteering sort of when, when people started a new volunteer role after the loss of their spouse, that this really kind of got them back in check. But this needed to be at least two hours a week. Um, so engaging at this higher, more intensive level of volunteering was needed. Lower levels just didn't cut it. It, right. it wasn't quite enough. It seemed like they needed more. And in the other study, um, we were we were interested in looking at physical health, and this is something my colleagues and I have been trying to better understand for a while. And we tried to figure out, sort of, to the best of our ability, what is that dose response that's going to get the the biggest bang for your buck, and does this differ for men and women? And this was the study where we we found that in fact women are benefiting at low levels and men only when they engage at higher levels. So we're we're really surprised to find, and this was really um, this this was a study just looking at people who were um, volunteering at you know, at at a single point in time. So we're just saying, if you start, if you engage in volunteering, take on this new role. And um, does this persist? Does this benefit persist two years later? And we see engaging 
um, for just one year of time, you see a sort of long-term benefits that, that persist. So we, we really find this encouraging for really helping people maintain and, and lead a, a healthier lifestyle. I think that's fantastic. We have to leave it there, Don, but I want to thank you very much for summarizing the results of both of those studies. I think it's just further evidence that uh, people have to stay engaged and make sure you've got those social networks, uh, both uh, socially and physically from a, from a health perspective. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. We've been joined by Don Carr. She's assistant professor in the Department of Sociology and the faculty, or sorry, and a faculty associate at the Pepper Institute on Aging and Public Policy at Florida State University. And listen, we're going to be talking about uh, lifestyle and uh, the different elements of it, health, social, uh, and also the money aspect of it at our next seminar. We've got that coming up on Tuesday, August the 22nd at 7 p.m. We're going to be at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine and Spirits down south. Uh, we hope to see you there. Give us a call at 966 8400 or go to uh, morethanmoneyradio.com, and you can register there. And uh, as we sign off another show, I want to thank you for tuning in. And if anything we talked about today, any past segments you're interested in reviewing, you can do that at morethanmoneyradio.com, or you can get them delivered directly to you by searching for More Than Money Radio CHQR on iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on News Talk 770. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.